0: You got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent.
1: We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry.
0: Pulse Welcome to, to
1: industry. Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the check show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The
0: League presents Electric
1: People. Electric People. You've asked for it. We have responded. We have Brian Aloysius Rossiter mm. on the podcast today. How you doing, Brian? Great name. Doing good. How do you spell your middle name, Rossi?
2: R-A-Y-M-O-N-D.
1: No, no, that's not Aloysius.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. For you guys that haven't had the
1: pleasure of talking to Brian Rossiter, he's one of the oest of G's, started uh, with Vivint Solar in 2012, has over 700 personal career installs, has managed thousands of accounts out of South Bay. He's the author of a lot of the ideas that we've had in the company and a lot of the processes and a hell of a good time.
0: Mm. Yeah. You should get the pleasure someday of hanging out with Rossiter. I know, man. I feel like we are kindred spirits and we haven't hung out much. You'll get good, so, you'll get
1: good oxygen in your lungs from doing something adventurous and you'll have stimulating conversation. Well, I,
0: there's,
2: there's just a there's country between us.
0: I came out of retirement of skiing a few, well, last year, and everyone keeps telling me that I need to ski with you. So what's your best trick, Rye? What good, can you do? Like, a, what's your best? <laughs> can you do like a Daffy Twister? Daffy. Hey, Twister it doesn't spread? really matter.
2: I, I found I, I found that it doesn't really matter what you can do. You're either a good skier or not a good skier, or you're a really good skier or not a good skier if you can do a backflip or not. <laughs> so that's the that's outside the, of that's like. Well, listen, I know I know the, both of you guys.
0: That's the Mendoza line is backflip. You still want like to if you can him? do a backflip or not? It, it, that's what makes you a good. That's like it's well, that's like, not it's even like a hard if, trick. If,
2: that's what I'm saying. But if if you're you could go and do I I don't know cork nine ten whatever, but and people be like oh that's cool like some sort of spin. But you do like just a laid out backflip or something like whoa well, that's uh, that's the real. Let deal. me
1: I've seen both of your footage and let me just tell you Adam that you highly underestimate how good Brian Ross no, is No, I'm well aware he's much better
0: than I am. We're talking like <laughs> pro level,
1: like, like he, he mentioned, he's like, well, you could do a cork nine and you're like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Adam's a technique skier though. I've seen him. He keeps his knees tight. He does got these swivel hips through the moguls. Whoppa, 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 whoppa. <laughs> That's what we call it. Swivel, it. swivel hips.
2: He could take me. <laughs> hey moguls. When I see moguls and I've seen, I've seen your, your posts of you hitting mogul lines and my knees just ache. I've, I've had six knee surgeries, three ACL reconstructions, Oof and seeing that stuff just gives hey, you you,
0: you just, need to you need to learn the swivel hip chills. technique Mogul, yeah i can teach you the old swivel hips but not uh <laughs> mogul skiing is a dying breed and you know we're keeping it going so making we'll it see. look Maybe hard since 1979
1: one over here huh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> um <laughs> hey but let's start with skiing because skiing was a massive part of your life you were a sponsored skier in high school uh may or may not have worn a do rag in high school too. I'll just let you answer that on, on your own. Cause there's a question coming here. <laughs> um, but, but talk us through like growing up as a skier, you grew up at like the base of the best skiing in the, in the country in Salt Lake city. How'd you get into it? How big of a part of your life was it? Or is
2: it still? Um, yeah. Like, so yeah, I wish it was a bigger part of my life. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. I grew up, uh, yeah. Base of Kind of in between the, for people familiar with like the Salt Lake Valley, in between the, you know, Parley's Canyon, which goes up to Park City, and, and then the Codwood Canyons that have some of the, some of the best skiing in the U.S. So um, my dad got me into it when I was a real little kid, but it was like a once a year type thing for the first couple of years when I was like four or five. So it wasn't like a regular, we weren't a big ski family at the time. Mm. It was kind of like a once or twice a year thing. And then it was one of those things where my my elementary school did the the whole ski blitz thing. So I started doing that in like fourth or fifth grade, where they would take you out every Friday for you know six or eight weeks, and that's kind of where I got hooked. And then, yeah, all my all my friends were skiers, and um, it definitely evolved to be that. That was definitely kind of my passion obsession for kind of all of school. So yeah, it was a big part of my life, like all the way through high school, and then. I never even considered going anywhere else for college except for the University of Utah, uh, based off proximity to skiing. I never, I, ne- I didn't take the ACT. In fact, right when I when I finished uh, high school, I, I was going on a on a mission, and uh, my mom like the like the last minute, she's like, "You better go take this test." I never took the ACT because I just I figured I was always going to go to the U and I could kind of get in there and. Um, isn't it funny how we make decisions at that age
1: like the most like important time of your life like you that it's just like well i guess i'll ski and really that's all i'm thinking about
2: yeah um yeah so it was a huge part of my life and i i think a huge part of my identity i still like i still like see myself as a skier like i i end up going like maybe five to ten times a year now and i still think i'm like the kid that goes like a hundred days and and, and it's hard because when I go out there, like I ski really hard every year. I always like ski really hard. Like the first day I go skiing and I'm just like smoked.
1: Yeah, uh, but you, But you were skiing before it was cool, right? Hard. Because it's like... Skiing was it, and then snowboarding kind of came in, especially where you lived, especially when you were skiing, right? And now, like they say when you go up to like Park City and stuff like all the
0: kids are skiing and stuff again now. Yeah, Yeah. snowboarding got big when I was like early 2000s, and then I think skiing really came back in vogue Mm. 10 years ago, probably.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have a theory about about this, Yeah, it was like...
1: Would you like to hear it? So. I, I identify with kind of your past because I didn't. I didn't grow up playing traditional sports. Did you play traditional sports? Did you play team sports?
2: Yeah, I did. I played. Uh, yeah, I played baseball and and football and and all that. Like kind of up until high school. My high school was a big uh, sports school, so we were pretty good. Where would you go, like, Skyline? Uh, they'd always. It, I went Skyline. Yeah. So when I got to high school, and my and that point, like skiing had totally taken over. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when I bowed out of those sports uh, because like they were quite if you weren't going to be like all in and they didn't want you skiing or doing any of that stuff so yeah. if you were going to do if you're going to try to be like the skier and still play football like you were going to be benched i was on the b team before that so it's not like i had a huge career opportunity there but
1: you're barely uh, hanging on to begin yeah, with I, huh? I, <laughs>
2: yeah i was hanging out but um yeah so it was uh yeah kind of in that
1: well, here's, here's my theory on it. I think, cause I always tell people like I, I didn't play competitive sports and I've learned most of my like competitive drive and like my developmental drive from direct sales. But I think a background in action sports actually helps because if you think about it, you're, you're, you're doing a, like a really social sport by yourself, right? You go up with all your friends, you're performing by yourself, but I think, it, I think it makes – I think it's part of the reason why you're so good at what you do because it pushes you to do things for the sake of being able to do it, right? It's not like if you, if you land some trick that you're really excited about that that equals more pay or like some bigger opportunity. It's just – it's really developmental. It's like if you think you can achieve something, you work really hard and you endure physical pain and frustration and broken gear and fear and all that kind of stuff. All that same stuff you have to come over to tackle a big goal in – you know, professional development or direct selling, especially in an abstract way, it feels kind of the same as pushing yourself to get better at skiing. Cause you didn't have like a coach saying, Hey, if you stay on track, I feel like you'll be able to do a cork nine by the end of the season. That's all like inborn stuff. And so much of like direct sales, especially you as like an early pioneer of solar, you kind of have to set those and those, those benchmarks and chase it down yourself. That's my theory. Is it accurate?
2: Uh, yeah, I can agree with that a ton. Um, <laughs> like, I, I wasn't the best. I wasn't. I wasn't the best. So like, I had friends
0: who wouldn't slime. By the way. Yeah, but did it? Did it? Did it hit? Did it make <laughs> yeah, sense? it did. It hit. hit. It, it, hit. Hit. it, it hit. landed. I just it, like talking about it, it. We're going it, it landed. I'm saying <laughs> it landed.
1: But yeah, it just came from like it was, couple, it was a, a couple windy road.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is like this is a conversation. I don't know if we call mogul sports action sports, so we'll keep it on. Okay, <laughs> okay. Here, we <laughs> here, we here. Um, here we go. Locally over here, go. No, but I I agree with that because I had yeah again it was super social. Like I I skied because all my buddies did it and everything. But once you're up there, like you're doing things to, like, it's not like, hey, sweet, I'm the guy that was skiing with my friend that did this. It's like, it's, you're you're up there and you're wanting to prove yourself and you're wanting to get better. And all, I would say almost all my friends kind of picked it up faster than me when we got into the more like the freestyle kind of stuff. Like I was the guy kind of always breaking my arm or doing something before it kind of clicked. And then, but I just, um, yeah, I, I kind of stuck at it and eventually like it caught up. But it was, it's for sure the type of thing that you have a lot of like, you're, you're part of a group, like there's definitely like your crews and people you're hanging out with and all doing it together. But, uh, no one can do it for you. Just like with this job, like you could be part of a great team, but that doesn't mean anything if you're not like out there trying to figure it out yourself and actually like do something on your own, um, which contributes to the overall like dynamic of the group. But like no one, you can't just like be on the field and like, win the game. Like it's, it's definitely an individual sport from that aspect.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very similar, right? Like it, it is really very similar. And I feel like, you know, the difference between hitting a potential that only, you know, and doing something that's like respectable, you really learned that pe- and maybe you learn it from sports too. I mm-hmm. just, it's just not a road that I know, but I didn't recognize that at first. And I think now looking back, it's like, man, the, the drive to push yourself to see what's possible. You can get that not just from you know kind of traditional team sports that is a little more obvious. You know? all,
2: all roads lead to all roads lead to door to door.
1: They really do. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you get a little
2: silly up at the top,
1: but it's just <laughs> a circle. It comes right back.
0: What well, comes right back? I was gonna say so. A lot of people that have never skied, and Brian, I think you can put this into perspective. But so I, I joke that I kind of came out of ski retirement last year, which is true. I hadn't really skied in like 20 years. And then
1: there was a lot of McClellan ski footy last year. I plan
0: on like tripling it this year, by the okay. way. So I'm, like, ready, I'm all in. I got buying a season pass, everything. So, um, and, uh, I, we went out to park city, your backyard, and we went to the, uh, the terrain park and they have these huge, massive man-made built jumps and they have like you sort of graduate to like bigger and bigger jumps Mm -hmm. so there's like the first park that's like the jumps are like six feet high and you're in the air like you know probably i don't know six to eight feet ish right and you land on a down slope and like i'm doing the and keep in mind i'm 42 like and i haven't skied in 20 years so i'm like i'm going off this little six footer that i used to do when i was 20 that i was like bored with and now that i'm 40 i'm like oh god like it's, it's freaking me out right But I my confidence kept coming back, and like I was getting more and more confident. And then I'm like going through my head, like I'm gonna blow out any 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 minute here. Well, by the end of this day at Park City, I decide I'm going to the big boy, like the big boy terrain park. And Brian knows these jumps. You stand on top of a jump, and it is as big as a house. I mean, they are massive jumps, and they're like 13 year old kids just bombing off these jumps, doing like. 720s and stuff and like i'm sitting here going i'm watching like future x games winners right now because this is where they all grow up now and they just train here like daily but um yeah my respect for these guys that do this stuff grew infinitely when i just stood on top of one so finally end of day i got the guts to try it and what happens when you go off the jump, there's a flat part behind the jump. And if you don't clear the flat part, you just land on the flat part and it feels like a cement parking lot. Mm -hmm. So of course I check my speed ever so slightly on the way to the jump because I got scared and I landed on the flat part and I thought I was just, I thought my ankle exploded. You like saw colors. (laughs) Like (laughs) I literally was just like, Oh, it hurts so bad. But yeah. When so when I was hearing about what Rossiter does, I'm like, this guy is insane. But
2: so I'm taking question, as long as
0: I'm taking as long as you did to get the to question the point is here. Do, do you ever do that? No. Yeah, Brian. Do you, ever, <laughs> do you ever do that? Do you ever land on the flat part, Brian? <laughs> no
2: speed yeah, checks on the in the flat life. part. The 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 probably probably my I don't know I wouldn't say my worst injury because I had a kind of worst one, but my scariest one by far was the opposite, which was up there at Park City and it was it was at the time like kind of their their biggest jump on their biggest jump line and it was like first run of the day and you kind of rely on other people like you get up there and you see people who have been sessioning and kind of hitting the jumps and so sometimes i'll like you know kind of follow someone in and so i asked someone like hey how's this you know how's the speed today or whatever and they're like yeah pretty much straight in so i guess my skis are running a little fast or something and i kind of hit the other jumps in this last one I kind of took it straight in and, and I overshot the landing on that and it was in the, in the air. That was probably the most scary moment of my life because I was probably like, I probably took it over a hundred feet and probably dropped from like 40 feet to clearing the whole landing to flat and I blew my knee, but I thought like I blew my, I knew instantly when I hit the ground, I blew my knee but when i like realized i could like move my back and i wasn't dead and everything else like it was a pretty lucky fall all things considered it was the it was uh yeah i was super scary Dude, so there, are, there are a few I'll things take, i'll take
1: then then like still going up when you see the
0: landing go go getting further yeah. and further I, away from no you know? it's like these I, guys
2: make it look so I easy still have nightmares. <laughs> terrifying
0: yeah it's crazy
2: yeah, I, I still, like, I wake up, like, I've that had probably feeling. at least a dozen times I've woken up in the middle of the night having, like, a nightmare that I'm, like, overshooting a, something, and I'm just going to die.
1: Just still going up. You're just still just going still up going. as, like, yeah. the world
2: beneath you disappears.
0: But the parallel, the parallels are there. It's like Ty was saying. It's like with skiing. Like, I'm sure as you're, you know, each year you're getting better. And I remember as I was kind of getting back into it, like, I found myself getting better and better and better. More importantly, I started recognizing some things I needed to do personally to really make a difference. So, like, like I was like, "Okay, if I'm actually going to get good at skiing moguls again, I got to shed some weight. Like, I'm too heavy to to like I'm turning." So, like, you start just learning like things that you got to fix. So, with door to door, same thing. You start going and you start learning real quick things that you need to. Like, if you can't internalize and kind of self analyze, I think you're going to really struggle with the job. Like, it's important as you're out there working like think like am I getting tired by middle of the day like I need to get in better physical shape I need to drink more water I got to like figure out ways to stay mentally stronger like there's all these parallels to I think individual sports where you don't necessarily like have this team culture pushing you but I also think our company does a really good job of like getting the team culture to push you as well you know it's this weird kind of combo that we have going on Anyway, there's no question of that rant. Well, I just figured I'd just talk for. Yeah,
1: yeah, I appreciate that. Minutes. Here's something that <laughs> I was a part of that, that maybe you weren't, but Brian was. Um, when, when I really got to know Brian was actually when um, my brother Jordan went to South Bay. So it was funny because Brian's a, a really avid traveler, which we'll get to in just a second. I don't, do you remember where you were? So I I was taking Jordan on a tour of the West coast to see which market he wanted to go to. So we went and we were in my little Prius just touring around, you know, and we went up to South Bay and uh, Rossiter was on like, I think you were like in Africa or something. Weren't you in,
2: a- do you remember? Yeah, we were in Africa. Were you
1: like visiting your parents or something in Africa or were you just, I can't Yeah, remember. my,
2: my parent, Yep yeah, my, Yep, my parents were were, uh, down there on a mission in Madagascar. (laughs) And so we went to visit them in Madagascar and spend some time in South Africa. So I remember uh, (laughs) randomly, I think on that trip, I got uh, like, I don't think, I guess Jordan didn't have, I didn't have my number. I never met Jordan. And I think I got a Facebook message from him like one day that I had internet somewhere and it was like, hey man, this is Jordan Williams. Like, I'm uh I'm gonna come and work with you in San Jose. Like, when are you getting back? <laughs> <laughs> and Brian and like, was like, "What, what is this?"
1: Yeah, so we went from place to place to place. We went from Inland Empire. We went up to To, and we hit a couple spots in between. We went to South Bay, and um, we had one rep there who's not there anymore. There's one rep in the office, and uh, we looked at at this market and this opportunity. And Brian had had a couple people, a couple like leaders in the industry now that had gone there and left there's a lot of people saying to Jordan, don't go to South Bay, don't go to South Bay. Brian has a really good reputation. So everyone's like, well, dude, Rossiter is awesome. But they pretty much started it. So the first quarter that Jordan and Brian worked together, they they had no team and they did 130 installs combined. to, to them. Jordan
0: and Brian. Yeah. Now, is this like a Michael Jordan situation where Jordan did 128 and Brian did two? Exactly. Well, Jordan did 100. (laughs) Well, no. no. I mean, Rossiter,
1: you did 44 or 45 installs. I mean, no slaps. Kicked it up from
0: being on vacation. Have you heard that that thing where like Horace Grant's like, yeah, one night Jordan and I combined for 70 points and Jordan (laughs) had 68 points. (laughs) Oh, that's great, though. Uh, No, but that really is incredible. Uh, 130 with two guys.
1: Yeah. So to this day, Jordan refers to Brian as a solar sensei. Brian Ways knows way more about solar than most people. That's awesome. So, but what was that like, Brett? Because you,
2: you, hey, have- I would, I would love to, I would love to just go start an office with Jordan just to get my numbers cranking for a few quarters. Just, <laughs> have to just go kind of follow him around and try to keep up.
1: But talk about what those early days were like, because I mean, you must have gone through questions of, am I in the right market? I mean, you'd seen multiple leaders come through and not stick. Right. And you found yourself at a time when you were there by yourself and then you're on the other side of the planet. Apparently you have this new partner. Right. So maybe talk us through the early days and what you were thinking and what kept you there, because you're one of the longest standing leaders in market.
2: Yeah, Um, I that's a good question. I I liked I mean, when I came out here. So when I when I came, I, I sold alarms for A couple of years, but it was never real, it was never something I, I planned on doing very long term, so I never was super dedicated to it. So, kind of the whole getting into solar was um kind of happened by, by, by chance. It was uh um, I, I like I was when I was finishing school, I, I kind of made the decision to come into solar when I hadn't really known anything about it. And at the time, it was either go to go to New Jersey and Jeremy Long was out there, or it was go to Hawaii and Dan Reed was out there kind of talks to those guys. And, um, and then last minute California opened and it was like a month before I was finishing school. So I I finished kind of in the summer. So early fall, like I was finishing. So um, it, it was the, I went to Concord originally. So I was the first office to open and I I probably joined it about two or three weeks after it opened. And I mean, I, I don't know, I guess we really loved like being out here. So we moved out to the area and at the time it was like, okay, you're either in New Jersey or you're in Hawaii, or you're in like the Bay Area. So we 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 made that choice, and and I we really liked like living here, and work seemed good. I mean, we were getting like you know 140 a kilowatt. <laughs> Life was <is> pretty <laughs> easy. Like, Hold on, re- re- <laughs> but it was, Do we the were, math, uh,
1: They're making less than an alarm, pretty much,
2: or about the same at the time. Yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah, it was crazy, but it was. Uh, but we really really liked it. Like we really loved living out here, and. Um, so I never really like looked around thinking like, oh, this sucks. Like everything was going pretty good. Then I moved down to to South Bay and, um, and we were doing really well. And then, and the guy, the, who I was managing with left and yeah, it did it pretty much dwindled. And, and I was kind of the guy that stayed and I don't think I ever considered like leaving. I, it wasn't really like we were, we wanted to be here. We knew it was good. We knew it was a good market. It wasn't a market thing the, the reason why the other leaders had left wasn't, uh, I don't think it was much of a market thing as it more, they just kind of pursued other stuff. So I was never really super deterred about the market. Um, and, and for me, it was just, this is where we like, I don't know, it was different than summer. Like I moved here, I had my wife here, we were like in an apartment, like we kind of had our, you know, we had our life here. And so those that, that aspect, like never was super hard. And, and, and luckily, um, having someone like Jordan, I mean, I wasn't here kind of alone, so to speak that long by myself till Jordan came in and he was like the person who definitely kind of brought the most kind of firepower I'd ever worked with. So it was easy to get back on board and just like kind of grind. And and we had a fun partnership for a while. And then since then I've just worked with a ton of awesome people. So there's been, a lot of awesome leaders that I've worked with here, and and the markets change. They just they they reset. Like when I I, I will say like on a pa- from paper because you were in a similar boat in TO where it was like we sold small systems. We we couldn't do ESCs, so the the like the systems were even smaller because had to be re- like you didn't you couldn't do a big one. Um, we didn't do tile roofs. Like there were a lot of things we didn't do, and so on paper it was a little tough. But like now you got year, years later things kind of reset. Like you know, those low users too were, um, they were paying really, really low rates for power. Now they're paying super high rates for power. And they're the people who for years were told they can't do solar. So now when you're knocking and you're telling people like, Hey, I know someone probably talked to you in the past. They probably told you you couldn't do solar, or I would have told you, you couldn't do solar. Look at what you're paying. Yeah, now. I know you talked to me in, in the past, Markets just reset,
1: <laughs> right? You're like, yeah, I know, I know market- I come by every year, right? <laughs> now is the time. Right
2: <laughs> you will be like, hey, when it gets up to like fifty cents a kilowatt hour is that when we're going? And yeah, well,
1: you'll see me. I'll be right here right
0: <laughs> yeah. Brian, what was a in you know, those especially in those early days, I feel like most of the guys that have been in this industry for a long time have had some kind of fork in the road moments, whether it's you know another leader pursuing another opportunity and you're kind of left holding the bag or or maybe you had another opportunity that was presented to you, and you, you know, obviously you chose to stick it out and keep going. Were there any of those type of fork in the road moments for you that maybe like, if you were to look back at your solar biography, and you know, we're making the, the the Brian Rossiter movie, like, what would some of those pivotal moments in your solar career be that you would look back and go, man, that one decision altered the course of my career here.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a bunch, um, and a lot of them weren't probably so pronounced. That was like, kind of like periods of like, uh, you know, after years, it was kind of periods of, like. I definitely had probably halfway through my career. I probably had a, a a time where I was really kind of beat myself up for a while about, you know, deciding or deciding if I'd kind of done what I came to do and if I was ready to move on, but, but probably like the more like specific one that I, that I can remember, um, uh, it was super early, so like in the first year, I was doing really well. And um, at the time, we had our our CEO at the time, and uh, there we were opening markets like crazy. It was a little, it was a moment when the markets were kind of opening up a bunch, and they were going to open up like Davis, California. It was like it was going to be a small little market, um, but it was you know could be a great great situation. And it was like my first opportunity or kind of fork where it's like okay, like you can um, go and like start managing. And, and the, the CEO kind of wanted me to go there and he was gonna, I was gonna work with or partner with, um, uh, you guys probably know Javon uh, who, who was over on the East Coast and he was gonna come out to the, to, to the West Coast and, and, and it was kind of like figuring out whether, you know that, again, I look back on everything and you look like, like those little decisions, like once you're years out from it, your life's totally different based off of some of these small decisions, but we were just trying to figure it out and it seemed fun and it seemed cool. And, and, but it also kind of felt a little premature and it kind of felt like maybe I was going to be kind of pigeon, like kind of putting myself in a corner where it'd be harder to, to bust out from that if that was, that was kind of be where I would end up for probably a long time. And at the time, um, Paul, Paul Dixon was, uh, Uh, he was raising money. It was back when he was, he was out raising money. And he, he hit me up because he wasn't going to be in San Francisco and he was out raising these tax equity funds. And he invited my wife and I to go meet him for dinner in San Francisco. And so we went out, we were chatting and just like, he was super nice to, to think of us. And we were just hanging out and I kind of told him like, Hey, this is what's kind of going on. What do you think? Like, what do you, you know, what, what's your advice? And the advice he gave me is advice. I've, I've fallen back on so many times like I think over the years where he said never never make a decision um, or, or never never choose to change something or, or leave something or, or whatever if you're not at your absolute peak like if you're if you're totally on top and you have like a great opportunity um, to take like you'll know it because you just won't be able to like say no. Um, but oftentimes we look for like change and opportunities when things aren't going well, cause we're looking for an escape and, and his advice was just like, Hey, just check yourself and see, is this like, is this an escape? Because it's like, maybe it's going to give you this or that, like in the short term, but you're really trying to get away from it. what is it you're trying to get away from being a rep or you're trying to get away from, um, I don't know, whatever issue you have in that office or with leadership or anything. Um, but is that really what you want? And, and if you're like. If you're crushing it and you have an opportunity, and it's the right opportunity, it should be really painful to leave what you're doing. And and I was like, you know, I think I have more to like give here and grow, and then and see what happens. And and that that I think was a big fork in the road because that was there for the taking, could have gone, and, and it probably would have been great. But um, super grateful where I've ended up and just the life that we've kind of lived. Um, and I think like that was definitely a pivotal fork in the road. that's great advice. Well,
0: and it's so tempting. I think a lot of guys get caught up in this positional leadership chase where they're trying to become a DM or whatever, you know, and to have the the wherewithal and just the foresight to delay your gratification. And, they, you know, delaying gratification is like a principle of life where it's like if you, you know, you're always just chasing the first thing that looks great. A lot of times you'll – you'll make that decision and then you'll find that you won't have opportunities that would have been there had you just been more patient with the decision you know so um that's really good advice i think a lot of our i think a lot of our especially our up and coming reps get impatient with the process right and yeah. you're like man just trust me like if you take this first thing that comes your way then when the when the the big one that could have come your way six months from now, but you're already like, you've already made a decision.
1: Yeah. Well, and I look, Brent, like I look at one leadership or like the, the, the team follows the leader and you've been a, a core, like fundamental piece of that region. And so NorCal as a whole has the most, um, the longest standing leadership group. Mm. And when you look at earnings per, uh, leader, it's the highest. Mm. So it's like, it's not just that you've employed that principle, right? like other people have, have followed that. And now I look at your life. Like, so before, you know, you and, you and Biddy were up there, you and your wife were up there and you were, and now I look, you have a family, you just bought a house in Santa Cruz and the consistency, like the, the wealth gained from staying consistent and staying present is really different than the, than the people that jump and skip around. I mean, look yeah. at like the development and this, the life situation you have now versus then. Congratulations on the new house, by the way.
2: Yeah, it's completely gutted right now. So dude, it'll be nice when we to the get to it.
1: Club, dude, I'm I'm in that same boat, dude. Are you
2: living in it while they're remodeling it? No, luck, oh, luckily, because like, we we've been renting. So lo- yeah, luckily we just kind of stayed in our rental. And
1: Talk about finding there. that house. They just got a house in Santa Cruz, which is like impossibly difficult to like buy a house in Santa Cruz.
2: Yeah, it's a small it's a small town. So um, those guys, the people aren't familiar. So Santa Cruz is about 40 minutes from. Uh, from San Jose or kind of the Silicon Valley it's it's a little coastal surf town and and we love it like we moved there three and a half years ago and it was kind of the first place we're like okay this is like this is it like we want to be here you know far past say maybe just the job or anything else like we want ties to this place for a long time um, the hard part is there's a lot of money in Silicon Valley and um, and so you get especially like so we had kind of we kind of finally, after being around, you know, the Bay area for years, it was the first place we were like, okay, this is like, this is worth it. It felt expensive kind of everywhere. This is the first place like, okay, the money feels worth it here. We, we wanna buy here. Um, and right as we kind of got real serious about a year and a half ago, that's right when kind of COVID was hitting and who knew what that was gonna to do to the market. So people just with remote work and stuff like that, like we just got hammered every house. We were just, uh, we were really strong offers, but it was just beat, getting beat by cash. Um, from you know the valley and and stuff over and over and over so it took a while and yeah i think the only reason we got the one we did is because it's a it's a project but it's 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 awesome it's i think uh has potential to be you know hopefully a home we can keep forever that's right really
1: cool. yeah that's awesome i mean i think of the place that you're gonna and you two kids now right yep yeah so I just think of like the place that like the situation you've put your family in, like where your kids are going to grow up, it's just in, it's incredible, man. It's like it's been really cool to see you grow as a leader and to to reap the benefits from the from the hard work and the the value that you've added um, to the company. Um, let's talk about crypto, should we? <laughs> uh, yeah, shoot. Is okay. Brian a big crypto guy? Brian's the crypto guy. Brian, like he's so here's here's the thing you guys should know about Brian Rossiter. If there's like any podcast that I've probably ever shared with anybody has likely come from Brian. He's like any interesting thing. He's like super well read, super interesting, and he's like kind of on the cutting edge of all this stuff. So, here's the challenge: as far as my experience goes, you only lose money in cryptocurrency. You don't. It doesn't make money.
0: It only. It
1: only takes you on a ride and slowly whittles your wealth away.
2: <laughs>
0: so, uh, <laughs> I don't own a single crypto okay that's so what, explain, is that how i was that what i would say good. i don't own explain a single crypto. to adam what, crypto-currency is, that what that is. Exactly, is. that's is exactly
1: that. what you say okay <laughs> yeah. explain to adam what cryptocurrency is and why he
0: should or shouldn't own it yeah i was trying to explain it to a friend that was asking yeah. me the other day and i was like well i don't own anyone anybody. you're like here's I don't the explanation. You're like i don't crypto dude and i realized 30 seconds in i'm like you know what we should call my friend greg because <laughs> greg penn greg penn on the east coast is our crypto expert so he's got like machines running in his basement mining Doing minor work, yeah. I don't you know, get some that. sort of mining work. Okay, so hey, is me that the ahead. guy that
2: just won the Segway yeah. motorcycle or yeah. what? Yeah, s- <laughs> yep. yep. Shout out, Greg. Shout yep. out, Greg.
1: Congrats on your Um, bike. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um Yeah, I, honestly, like, I, I, it's funny. I think people like, I, I actually am really interested in that in that space. But I am, I'm not like the guy that's gonna sit there and I. I er, early on, like when I made a few bucks in like alarms, I tried to like think I was better than everyone to like, could choose stocks and I always lost money. And um, anything I've done worthwhile has always been just long holds. In fact, we sold a bunch of just stocks that I had bought over the years uh, when we bought our house. And it wasn't a ton, a ton of money, but it was it was significant. And it was like buying Apple and holding it for five years, buying Amazon and holding it five years, buying Tesla and holding it three years, buying, you know, it was like that kind of stuff. And and all of my trades were all like long-term holds. and. And so I kind of I kind of dabbled in that like crypto stuff in in 2017. And same thing, I thought I lost it all, but I never sold it, so I actually didn't lose anything. It's actually tripled from what it oh, was. Oh, so when I still I got hope. Thought I lost it all, so I still got you hope. You Still got hope. And um, you want to buy at the then, peak from and my and experience, kind of started- Adam.
1: Wait till it gets to historic <laughs> highs, <laughs> yeah. and Facebook is telling you to buy. That's uh, when you want to strike.
0: When the when the the group chats are telling you <laughs> that that's that's right. to buy, yeah, yeah. What's Wait Tom Brady I'm doing Slovenia, now? Tom Brady's doing yeah. a, a – he's, hey, he's, he's, he's in. all in on crypto yeah, he's now, Yeah, right? like
2: He's on an exchange. Yeah, he's like a partner on an exchange. And, Brady coin? Um, you get a Brady yeah. coin?
0: Is that what they're calling it? I don't uh, know. The, no, it's, it's called something, some Brady. he's like all in on it's called, it. Yeah,
2: F, FTX. Yeah, yeah, Steph Curry. There's some of those guys that are like partners on that, um, on like a, a – Digital asset uh, exchange or crypto exchange, but um, honestly, I don't. I don't have a ton to say on it. Other than like kind of long haul, like I, I think that you look at. I mean, it's like solar. It's like anything. Like you look at like something has capacity, like has a capability of being majorly disruptive. I mean, from an asset class and 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 also other types of like from a, a medium of exchange. I think like Bitcoin or that stuff is a little bit far off to to the point where you could actually easily and and should be exchanging that sort of thing for money. But from a standpoint of like a just an alternative asset class and and everything else, like it's just I think that's where things are going. Like you look at if you kind of look at blockchain technology, it's like trying to explain the internet 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of hard to explain, but if you kind of understand the basics of it, it's it's just the decentralization of everything we do. And Bitcoin's just kind of like the um the moniker of that so for me it was like buy it and try to like not sell it for a long time and hopefully it'll be worth a lot more so i actually haven't like really hardly sold anything in in that space and it's not like i'm day trading it or anything so yeah just go and buy yourself the coin adam's gonna go to the bank and be like i'd like to
1: buy some
0: bitcoins how do i buy a bitcoin Brian? (laughs)
2: i'll help you i got it. yeah well
1: i Uh, opened a rob so i opened a
0: Robinhood account a while ago and um, I bought a bunch of AMC stock under the guidance that it was going to 5X overnight. And then I lost seven grand uh, in like 14 hours.
1: <laughs> and you pulled right out. And of then
0: that. I immediately pulled the three grand <laughs> I had left out. And then AMC went back way up, apparently, like a week later. So, um, anyway, the extent of my stock is. Buy and hold. But the extent of my stock is trying to earn equity at Sunrun, and then just holding on to it forever. The long
1: game. It's a good stock. The long game. Um, So what's what? What do you see in the future of solar? Now, I mean, I I think your advice for you know finance of like just try to hold it a long time you've actually embodied in solar. I think you've you've weathered every storm that we've had, right? You've had every chance to get off the bus, and you stayed on it. And I know you've benefited from stuff like the, uh, you know, from from being acquired and the equity payoff and that that you know that event that we had but as you look towards like the next chapter of your life what are what are what are some of your
2: goals and what's your strategy how are you thinking about it yeah i mean it it's so it's just it's evolved so much because like when i started i kind of started with the intention of i my dad's an entrepreneur i i don't, I was really drawn to like all that like i never had a job in high school it was always hustle jobs like it was always um you know, mowing lawns, like waking up early, snow blowing. Um, and, and it was always just kind of find a like paint painting addresses on curbs, just all like the things that you can just go and make way more money in a shorter amount of time mm-hmm. to not like then have to have like a job. And, um, and so with, with coming, like kind of doing college and all of that, like, I, I just had a hard time, like ever seeing myself in like a, like a, just a desk job and just doing that and like having that, that lifestyle and, so when I started solar, my goal was like, hey, we're doing this for like at least two years, and if we can make like you know 150 grand a year, whatever, that's more more than I'd be making at like getting a job or whatever. And hopefully, we can save enough money to go like start a business or or something. Mm-hmm. And and so it was really kind of kind of triggered off of having this like a future opportunity uh, to to go and kind of be an entrepreneur or a business owner or whatever. At least that's what I thought I wanted at that at that time. And, um, so that's how it started, but it was like every year it was like, we can't leave this like, like, and, and, and it was hard. Cause I think, and I think I did myself a major disservice. I think for four or five years, it was like a, this job was a year to year job for me. And that's like, that's a hard, that's it's like hard the way hardest to it. way to do a yeah. job. And, and it was just like every year it was like, all right, well, I guess we're doing another year cause it's just too good right now. And t- so we can get a little further. And then we'll like we'll figure it out after that. And I think that's probably about about four or five years in. I think here's here was the thing. I think that um, I limited myself a lot because, like the short term goals that I had based off of like a two or year two or three year plan, we hit those, probably smashed those, and then didn't reset bigger goals. So it was then yeah. it was like this kind of like, okay, so we like I did it. So now it's just like, what do I do? I just keep doing it, I guess. I can't leave. This. this is just too hard to leave. It's just too good. But I wasn't really chasing like the next thing, and and it just felt like I was living this really like temporary life. And I think that was hard for my wife, like for sure, because I think she saw that in me. She saw like you know like okay, you're like you're doing this, you're good at it, but like you don't seem like you know what do you want to do? She was re- she was always really supportive. She's like, look like do you want to do this for ten years? or not. And if you don't, like, let's do something else. And if you do, let's just do it. I'm good with that. Like, what, what do you want? And I, I had a hard time figuring that out. And, um, as we got further, like, you know, down the line and, and honestly, a lot of it's just been having the opportunity, like solar has been great. Like it's, and, and how we sell it and what we do has changed a ton. It's evolved. I think it'll continue to evolve. I think this industry will continue to evolve. But the thing that's like, I think I've, I've got the most value from or what's kept me going and kept me engaged especially in the last few years is really just like working around a lot of like amazing people and leaders. Like I feel like we have like crazy good leadership here. I, I actually had a conversation, um, you know, recently with uh, Taylor Turnbull and we were talking about it. We were talking about like sometimes like the company's rough, like we have struggles, but like none of us leave, like we do not leave this company because like we want to like build this thing with like like-minded people and and so for me like I feel like I've I've kind of reset where I'm like okay this is crazy like we have a really good opportunity to be part of an industry that's changing the world of energy and it's changing like it's going to create a ton of value it's going to create a ton of wealth and we're doing it with people that are just passionate and engaged and like-minded and fun so I'm like, what, what's the, like the goal for me of like being in like, I, I think if you ask yourself like a few layers deep, like why, why, why? I think the reason I wanted to be an entrepreneur, so to speak, or a business owner was because I wanted to like, just kind of be in a little more control of my life and like how I spend my time and what I do. And now I see this job as like, like the exit is like that. Like I would love nothing more than spending the rest of my life after this job. Um, like investing money and like, doing fun cool stuff like I don't want to retire and sit on beach like I want to be involved in like fun exciting you know investments or opportunities to go build things but on on my on my terms and I think this is hopefully the last job I ever have so that's kind of like the goal now is just you know grind it until we're at that point so we have some you know some goals around what that would take
0: with all that with, with all that in mind, what you do... And by, by the way, buying a house, I think, really changes your mindset, too. Mm-hmm. It, like, really plants roots. It's like a mental thing that happens where you're like, okay, this is it. Like, this is where we're making our life now. And I think it really changes the way you kind of think about things and the job. So um, I know it did for me. Well, I bought a house out in New England back in 2015, and it was like an instant shift for me. So... but um, what advice would you have for someone just starting right now? I mean, you're you're an old timer in our industry. Uh, so, you know, all these new guys that we're hiring, I mean, and we're hiring at a clip right now that is unprecedented. I mean, it's like we're hiring hundreds of people, hundreds of people monthly. Of people yeah. monthly and, you know, as they're listening to our podcast, I think advice from someone that's been around for a long time is really, really valuable. So what kind of advice would you have for... People that are just getting started with us.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, one of the, my thoughts on that is like this job has, I think there's kind of like, I think there's two, like a place for two types of people here. The, um, the first and the most obvious is people who really want to go and like change the trajectory of their life and career and like financial situation. And the advice to that type of person is like is just try to like just g- and it's just different like when i started like no one had done it for two years it's like it's like when people say well, what happens at the end of your your agreement it's like well, i don't know i mean here's the option but no one's ever done it we've never been 20 years no one's deep. ever made it to like, the end of the agreement <laughs> yeah that no was no one's made it so <laughs> with uh with this when i started like no one had like gone into solar like changed their life and then like gotten out of it. So like, I was just guessing and trying to figure out like, all right, where's, where's this little like, what's this opportunity? Where's it gonna take me? Now it's like, dude, there's so many amazing people that have either are still in it and just like, just dominating like on on all fronts. And like, I look at I look at like, it's so cool to see these things like Kevin, Kevin Padilla, who I manage with is obviously very infamous in the in the company and in the in the industry. And it's like, this guy like came in, and from nothing, and like with you know from scratch like he's like came in and he is built and he owns so much real estate and like his life has forever changed and it like he's one of so many examples so like my advice to the people who like see this is like i got a gas in the tank like i want to i want to do this go and talk to listen to this podcast go talk to like all the people in your world, like in your community, in your region, or others, or anything, and just like talk to the people who have been around who have actually seen the results that you want to see. And I think that'll just rub off. And you can ask them, like, how it's worked, like, you know, for, for them and how they've structured their life or their mindset. And so, my advice would be that, like, we have so many resources because the industry has matured, where you have so many examples of people that have crushed it. And um, I, would, I would definitely say, just like, look at those people look at the lifestyles, look at who's doing what you want and go and interview them or talk to them or listen to these podcasts and then set goals around like just hitting it really hard. And a good example of that, I think Ty that you work with is Jason Allen like who just started and you look at like where someone like that is in a short period of time. like you can do it fast or castle like that's it's on another level, um, which is how fast he's taken the tools that were never available in 2012 or 2013. And like really utilize that to kind of transform his life. So that's advice to like the people that are super hungry and want to like really go and kind of have that same like whether it's you know, set themselves up, buy their set up their retirement, like, or just, you know, take their their life and career to different levels. The other one is like lifestyle people. Some people just like love solar. They love like they're like cool to go knock doors and and they're they're willing to go and like be part of this and they're they have a good attitude. Um, if you have that, then it's like, you can, you can also have a pretty cool career, um, selling well, making great money and really having like an amazing, like building a lifestyle around this. I think the challenge is just like, you have to be engaged enough that you're not like, you know, wishy-washy and you're at, you know, you're part of the, that, that community, but it's pretty cool to see a lot of people that maybe it's like everyone in the company is not going to be like, everyone doesn't want the, I mean, you guys have this crazy job like everyone does not want your job. They might think they want your job, but a lot of people do not want your job. And if they knew it, they definitely wouldn't want it. And, and, and so there's people that like, they want to they want like a great career that gives them like the autonomy of like a realtor with like crazy upside, low risk. And they just need to be like a productive, grateful part of this like community. And I love those people. So those people, I would just say like, just, you know, like, set goals, set boundaries, and then just have a lot of fun with it. Cause those are the people who actually bring a lot to your teams too. It's pretty fun to, to have people like that who are like doing fun things. They're still doing that. Like I look back at this, like we talked for a second on it, but like we, early in my career, we, we worked really hard. We traveled a lot too. And like, so when I see, you know, some of the people that maybe aren't in the, the leadership, that maybe don't have all the flexibility that, 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 that um, you kind of give up for some of this other stuff. Um, it's pretty cool and I, I look at those guys and think like man like you guys get like you don't blow this like like in the first 5 years of doing this job like we were on international twi- trips twice a year just like exploring like before we had kids like it was amazing like go do that so anyway that's kind of a long-winded exam- answer but i think that it's cool because the the flexibility of this job like lets you do two things like one you have like you can kind of build this amazing lifestyle around your job or two, you can like make it your last job. I love yeah, that.
0: and I was gonna say, I think there's a big difference, in, you, and you mentioned this, and I see a lot of people doing this, where they're approaching the job when they first start is kind of this like bridge to the next job. Like, oh, we'll, we'll do this for a year, we'll do this for two years. We kind of have this like kind of short term plan to like find the next like career move, you know. And then there's the people who use the job and say, no, I'm going to, I'm in this thing indefinitely, but I'm going to use this job to." And what they do is they're, instead of saying, I'm going to have a one year or two year plan to move on to the next job. Their one or two year plan is what are they going to do with the money or the opportunity they have within this job? So it's like, they're going, Hey, my one year plan or my two year plan right now is I want to buy my first investment property. I want to buy my first house. Or I want to buy, pay off all my debt, or whatever. Like that's my year plan. Those are the those are the reps and and people I see in the company that really tend to excel at the job, where they're like, no, I love this job. My goal over the next year or two years is to pay off all my debts, or to buy a house, or to buy an investment, whatever it is. Instead of going, you know, here's my two year plan to figure out my next career move or whatever. I'll just do this until I figure it out, you know? So, and it's a massive difference in mindset and attitude toward the job because they approach it, you know, the people who are trying to accomplish financial goals within the structure of our job, like they're just seizing the opportunity that we have, whereas others are just kind of like even subconsciously kind of half-assing it like, w- like, you know, trying to figure out their next move. Well, you know, know you
1: know, it's crazy. You, you probably remember this Rossiter cause you worked with Slomboski up there for a while. I, I love Jared Slomboski. And sure. I remember, I remember someone came yeah. up to slim once and they're like, dude, I gotta like, I gotta, you gotta help me get a plan to get off doors. And slim, he looks at him and goes, what the hell do you want to get off doors? He's like, that's where all the money is. Like you look at like sports, like people aren't trying to get off the field. They're trying to stay mm-hmm. on the team as long as they possibly can. And I think you've been a good example of that, but Adam, bringing that up, um, Jordan's told me about this training that you're doing now. I actually like you to do it for our group at some point. So don't blow the whole thing, but I want the guys to hear the concept of, um, the job, the parallel that you do as it relates to your family and being a dad, Can you give us like a quick overview of that. Cause I think this
2: is like a perfect example of that.
1: I can't see the pictures and I know that's a big part of it, but
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I, yeah, kind of, kind of hit like a, a little uh, epiphany, I guess. But, um, like I, I have a three, I have a three and a half year old and a, and a seven month old.
1: Bro, you're in and it. You're so in it to, right f- now. It gets I'm better. It, but it I'm gets in like better. the front end, like <laughs> it's all,
2: yeah. Um, but like, it's, it's amazing. Like I, it's the best part of my life. Like I love it. Um, I guess kind of the training and the parallel was built around like, and and you guys are both dads. Like I I wouldn't trade that for the world and I love it, but there are moments of being a dad I hate and I'm not good at. (laughs) Like I'm really bad at certain moments and and it's, it's called Sunday night at 6 PM. That's when I run out of dad.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm out dude.
2: Like I'm, I'm like, Like, I hate it. And I I hate it (laughs) because I'm not good at it. Like, my wife's so much better at it. And I, like, sit there and I, like, she, like, has to, like, calm me down and, like, pull me off and take over and drive the car. She tap you out? And it's, like, and I'm just, like, yeah, she just taps me out. And (laughs) I I realized I was, like, it's, like, that's okay. Like, I mean, I'm, like, you know, it's, like, it's just part of, like, it's part of my kids' growth. It's part of my growth. But it's, like, I've been tested. I, I don't. Like, this is the first time I'm dealing with like my kid being the one like throwing a tantrum on an airplane or Mm -hmm. like whatever else it is. And you can't reason with a three-year-old when they're in that moment. Right. So, um, the, yeah, the, the kind of the, the parallel was like, like those moments just suck and it's okay that they suck because like, but it's like, I don't even ever, like the, the thought never like crosses my mind that like, I'm just like. So what does it mean? I shouldn't be a dad? Like, all right, I guess like I'm out. Like I'm gonna go do my own thing because like uh, like it's you. I don't ever think of that. And I think this job um, has some parallels because like there are parts of this job I hate, and there are like situational things. Like you get that text from that customer. It's that cancel or it's like this thing or you know it says some ops thing. They missed that third site survey. Like whatever, and you're just like. Ugh, like you're so frustrated you feel like you can't like you're not in control and you're just so frustrated but it's like that. I never sit there and think about like oh I guess like I'm just like gonna quit like what am I doing? gonna quit like because this happened like it's just not even a thing and, and I think when we embrace that a little bit we kind of understand like what our job actually is versus what we think it is it's really good huh
0: yeah it um I think this job has brought so many grown men to tears.
1: Oh gosh, and constant I remember tears. remember
0: I sent you a video one time of me yes, crying in the car. I could find it. We're going <laughs> to splice it in on this cuz I know right where it is. I was because yeah. no, I was I was I telling I was yeah, exactly. I was I sent a video I was like, "Hey man, how's it going?" like, "How, how you feeling it while these you days?" Guys whatever, are and I just set up my phone on my car and I was like looking at, you know, Mercury or whatever it was at the time, installer or something. And I was like looking at my my accounts, and I was like, I'm like, here, I'm just gonna send you a video how I'm feeling, and I like I'm looking at my accounts, I'm like laughing, I'm like, oh, sick, and then I'm like, what, why, what, why, what, 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 and I just like start crying like in the car, like your emotions can go from like this is the best job ever to just tears in you know so fast, Um, but it's kind of the beauty of the job, right? I mean, it's like it really is just a, a special like. When you have those moments, like I I was texting a couple of our our leaders on the East Coast last night, just expressing some gratitude. And I was like, man, like this journey has been so wild and not even just like watching them, like even just for me, like just watch this whole journey has just been such an incredible thing. So it's easy now years into it to tell someone who's just starting like, look, this is a bumpy road, but it is so much fun when you are able to look back at the end of it and or not even at the end just like while you're on it and into it and say like it's it's really really worth it and it's really fun and you're going to make some incredible relationships and and uh have these incredible experiences and and like you said who who you work with matters and it's way more fun to make money with your friends than it is to you know go do it by yourself with you know people that you don't like you know so
1: Who's uh? Who's your favorite female pop star?
2: <laughs> favorite female. Dude, I, don't I'm, overthink I'm it. Don't overthink on, like, it. Just spit it out. Who Black is it? Pink.
1: Pink's
0: a great Should, choice. Uh, no, Black Pink. Yeah, I'll go, with I'll go with the K-pop. They're K-pop. Okay. Who you got, Ross? I'll
2: go with that. I don't know who that is.
0: You can't pick oh, one you on. don't know.
2: Who um, comes to your brain? Female pop.
0: Olivia Rodrigo. Uh,
2: that,
1: that my daughters are so into her. It, I love Olivia right She's a little whiny. She needs to realize how good she has it. She's from Murrieta, <laughs> She's a little whiny. It's not that bad. Anyway.
2: Pop star. I'm blanking.
1: Mine is Halsey. Oh, Halsey. She's yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm big on Halsey right now. Yeah, I like Halsey. What is, what is the most recent purchase hey, you've actually, made? actually, you
2: know what? I oh. just saw I just saw a little thing on, I just saw like a, a little video on like Billie Eilish great and it was actually really fascinating oh, great choice I, I, I like that I'll go was with that it right a, now.
0: Ha, have you heard Howard Stern's interview with Billie Eilish no it is so good it's incredible that. anyway not to digress but yeah she's great
1: a uh, recent purchase other than your house that you're excited about was something you bought that you're stoked on um Mount Mike what'd you get
2: uh, so I I have so I've been I mountain bike quite a bit um, mm-hmm. so I have like mine, my, my regular mountain bike but I bought an e-bike uh, earlier this year which one uh, e-mountain bike and uh, it's a Levo like specialized Levo yeah
0: you did I just bought it I just bought a decoy. do you do the mountain biking where they go yeah. like ride down the spines of these mountains and do these big jumps like do you are you doing that stuff uh no
2: have you seen those videos yeah. no
0: those are uh, wild yeah
2: we have, leave, great, we have, we have great, great mountain biking in, in Santa Cruz though. Yeah, it's fun. It's like, it's uh, the thing I, I tried, I kept telling myself, like, if I got, like I wouldn't get an e-bike cause if I did, I'd stop riding my my regular bike and I, I need it for exercise. And so I, I like definitely took a, a stint where I only rode the e-bike and with your, when you're with friends, it's like, it's amazing. But the thing I love about mountain biking, especially like, we do have some pretty technical like downhill stuff. Um, And like I was, I went riding yesterday early morning just by myself and didn't take the bike, trying to force myself to pedal a little bit. Yeah, pedaling's But but there's stuff and and it brings, it's so when you ask, like, do I, I wish I skied more because I get it, but but mountain biking, when I'm on like kind of scary stuff, gives me the same feeling I have with skiing Mm -hmm. where you're just like 100% like focused, like you're present. It's the most present I'm in in doing anything because you can't be thinking about anything else or doing anything else because you're riding so hard and fast and like if you're not in it you're going down and it hurts uh but i love i love that so like having a then having the e-bike kind of get out i have a bunch of friends that have them A bunch of our guys in our office have them and so it's it's like it's a blast to get out with a bunch of friends and ride e-bikes nice It's a blast to go ride mountain bikes but it's way more fun to ride e-bikes
1: final question favorite vacation destination you only get one favorite best favorite place you've ever been um Norway.
0: Yeah, I've never been to Norway.
1: Sounds incredible.
0: Norway does seem incredible. I see the videos on Instagram. They've got some incredible scenery there.
1: Dude, what a life. What a leader. What a dude. Appreciate you being
0: on. Let's go ski, bro. I'll do teach it. you the old swivel hips.
1: Swivel hips and Rossiter <laughs> 2021. <laughs> to be continued.
2: I'll tell you I'll tell you off one of those those kickers.
1: Nope. <laughs> you might not want to follow him. He tends to overshoot. <laughs> yeah, no. Roster, we love you, yeah. man. Thanks for being on. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Big fan. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us
0: out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating.
1: Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.